This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello, Hoop Ball Lakers listeners. We are halfway through January, and it is good times in 2020 as the Lakers are hot on the heels of a 9-1 stretch over their last 10 games. Didn't lose their first game in 2020 until last night, being a one-point loss to the Orlando Magic. January has proved to be an important month for the Lakers as they've gone through some of the doldrums that can sometimes happen at this point in the season. Anthony Davis has missed the last few games with an injury to his back after a scary fall. Kyle Kuzma continues to be the subject of pretty persistent trade rumors, and despite those setbacks, the Lakers have played very well of late, including a win over the surging Oklahoma City Thunder where neither AD or LeBron played and Kuzma truly shined. On this episode, we will talk about that almost 10-game winning streak that had some really great wins in it despite, you know, up despite the injury situation, which we'll update. I will also talk about my personal thoughts on the trade rumors and where the roster should look to make any additions. This podcast, like all of our shows, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Check out their website at hawaiianisles.com, on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, or on Twitter at H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee. It's H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee. Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. So some of the Lakers' last 10 games we've actually recapped in a previous episode. So we'll begin where kind of the bulk of this current status of the Lakers is as far as injuries and we'll begin with the New York Knicks game where Anthony Davis went down with a pretty scary fall landed directly on his tailbone had to walk off really gingerly at the time I wasn't too worried I it seemed like a kind of injury that would take some time to to shake off and yeah after that the Lakers were in a position to where they had two games in the road versus Dallas and Oklahoma City, and so I assumed that he would miss the rest of that next game and then those two road games. And fortunately, the Lakers were in a position to where they dominated that Dallas and Oklahoma City game and then had two supposedly easy <laughs> games against Cleveland and Orlando. And against Cleveland, they did dominate with a 29-point win. But it culminated with a one-point loss against Orlando last night where Markel Fultz uh, actually had a really great game, and he's been playing really well as of late for them. And it's been 
it's been pretty cool to see, despite the fact that uh, it did result in a loss for the Lakers, but Markel Fultz had a triple-double in that game, and, and yeah, nice to see him dominating um, like we thought maybe he would. But back to the Lakers. So one of the interesting things that has come out since uh, since that Anthony Davis injury before then I've talked about the apparent shift in the Lakers philosophy where LeBron is sort of, you know, getting to eat last and and his main focus has really been distributing the ball and really getting the guys um, involved early. Well, it's been pretty interesting since Anthony Davis has gone down. Uh, He has, or LeBron has missed one game. He he mentioned we mentioned that he missed that game against Oklahoma City where they won by 15. We'll talk about that game in a second. But against Dallas, LeBron only went off for seven assists, but he had 35 points. And against the Cavaliers, uh, LeBron had eight assists and went off for 31 points. This loss against the Magic, and maybe it's indicative of of maybe he should have kept up with his philosophy of trying to score first since Anthony Davis has been out. But against the Orlando Magic, he had 19 assists, but he also only had 19 points. And it resulted in a one-point loss to the Magic. And LeBron shot 7-19. of Not a great game there. But despite the loss of Anthony Davis, as mentioned, there have been some really great and fantastic wins uh, in the games that he's been missing. So I want to highlight this Oklahoma City game so it was announced pretty early in the day that both LeBron and AD would be missing this game against Oklahoma City LeBron uh wasn't injured uh just you know a little down down not down in the dumps but he uh, a little green in the gills is how they say he was feeling sick uh which is interesting it's the second time this happened this season but uh yeah announced pretty early in the day that both Anthony Davis and LeBron James would be missing this game against Oklahoma City and so, you know, put into the starting lineup was Kyle Kuzma and Rajon Rondo. And Kuzma has actually been in the starting lineup for Anthony Davis, and we'll talk about how he's been playing as of late here in a bit as well. But on this game, yeah, Kyle Kuzma, 4 for 6 from 3, 15 for 24 from threes, 7 rebounds. Just a really dominating effort from him. He's talked about how he just needs more minutes. And I think that's true. I think I think he does need more minutes to get himself going. But as we've talked about on the show plenty of times, both Ethan and I, what he is able to do with those minutes, it hasn't been great, but I also don't think he's been really put into a position to succeed. And it's the reason why I think he's been the subject of, of trade rumors. It's not that he's not a great player. It's not that he's not capable of having nights like this. I think with what the Lakers have and what the Lakers need are two different things right now. And I think Kyle Kuzma needs to be a more effective team defender than he has been. You know, or they sh- they could replace him with another ball handler who's more efficient at scoring. We'll get to that in a little bit too. But I'm also of the thought that Kyle Kuzma, in addition to needing more minutes in general, I think he needs more minutes with LeBron. He's been playing more minutes with LeBron in this stretch than Anthony Davis has been out, and 
yeah, Kyle Kuzma is he's a cutter. He's able to get himself to open spots without the ball. It's when he's got the ball in his hands, it's a problem. And and so and so many times this season, Kuzma is put into a lineup of bench players where LeBron and A D are resting and therefore the number one option on the court is going to be Kyle Kuzma, and that's not gonna be a lineup that's productive both defensively and offensively. I think Kuzma needs someone to feed off of. I think he needs someone to feed him the ball. And so that's where more minutes with LeBron would only be more advantageous. I've been of the thought if Kuzma was a stronger team defender, and even then they should probably still go with this lineup more, I really love the idea of a a big backcourt with LeBron at point, KCP at the shooting guard, JaVale McGee at center, Anthony Davis at power forward, and then from there you can go with, and then Kuzma at uh, the small forward. I think that's a really cool lineup. I think I think that's a lineup that would get uh, a lot of things done, and I think it would help serve Kuzma in getting him started early. It does kind of weaken the bench some, but... I don't know. I feel like with a starting lineup of LeBron, KCP, Kuzma, AD, and JaVale McGee, I think I think you're still in a position to where you have some great guys coming off the bench. But yeah, it it, it would put you in a position, I guess, to where the, th- the main three of, of AD, Kuzma, and LeBron would need to rest at the same time at different points, and so then you are kind of cooked. But Anyway, Kuzma has been playing really well as of late, as mentioned. Since the Anthony Davis injury, he's really been taking advantage of of that extra time. He had 26 points versus Dallas in 33 minutes. 36 points versus OKC, as mentioned, in 39 minutes. Uh, Cleveland didn't have a great game. 25 minutes, only scored 11 points. But Cleveland was just kind of one of those weird games where Cleveland was never really in it. And so everyone kind of got their moments to shine in this one because Cleveland was just so outmatched from every aspect. And then you have this game, this one-point loss against Orlando. And so it culminated in a one-point loss. But to look at that box score, there's so many things that stand out. LeBron with the 19-19 and of points and assists. Only had three rebounds, so he wasn't focusing on that a lot. 14 points from JaVale McGee on eight, eight, on 9 rebounds, 3 blocks. 11 points from Danny Green, only 2 points from Avery Bradley. Um, but you had some really great performances off the bench. KCP continuing to play extremely well. 17 points for him off the bench and made 3 threes. Dwight Howard, I'm loving, loving, loving this resurgence of Dwight Howard. And I love really love how he plays with LeBron. It has been a dream to watch, and I think it's only getting better. And it's the reason why I've all, Ethan and I have, have disagreed on the thought of whether or not Dwight Howard should start, and I've always said I like the energy he brings off the bench, and plus he plays more in the fourth quarter. Uh, but maybe Dwight should start. I don't know if I don't know how much that would hurt JaVale McGee if he didn't start. Uh, but JaVale McGee, like in this game, he went 7-for-7. Seven 
and he's all. It seems like he's always going to play less overall minutes than Dwight, and Dwight's going to play the more important minutes in the fourth. And so maybe they should keep that. But I mean, if Dwight was elevated to a starting position, I certainly wouldn't mind. He plays extremely well with LeBron. LeBron can find him anywhere with an alley oop. It seems, and it's it's been crazy to watch. Uh, Quinn Cook got a lot of time to play in this game. He had 22 points off the bench, and so did Troy Daniels with 17. And so maybe the Lakers treated this as a scheduled loss if they were giving so much time to Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels. But it's hard to say. Jared Dudley even got 16 minutes in this game. He's been playing a lot lately in the the absence of uh, Anthony Davis. And so it's hard to say where the Lakers were really at philosophically with this game. Maybe it doesn't seem like they were too upset about a one-point loss, or maybe they were trying to still win while experimenting. Either way, not the end of the world. I feel like a loss here and there is definitely not going to be a bad thing because it does alleviate some of the pressure. I think when the Lakers were really surging and people were talking about, oh, can this team go on and win 74 games? That's definitely not. I don't want this kind of pressure, that kind of pressure on this team. Not that LeBron or anybody else on this team can't handle it, but it's just that's an immense amount of pressure that you're just only adding to yourself if you go for a record like that. And so with the eighth loss of the season now, it doesn't seem to be an issue. They will surely lose again at some point this season. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that so that about wraps up the nine, the last ten games, almost ten game winning streak. Kuzma's played really well. LeBron has had to assert himself more and sort of pass the ball a little bit less, which is okay. Dwight Howard, KCP continue to play amazing. And, yeah, it, it it might just be that they're more valuable with those contributions off the bench. The Lakers are proving to be a really deep team. And so, yeah, that will only serve to help them out in the long run. Uh, to take a look at the schedule upcoming, so the Lakers now have a five-game road, uh, a five-game road trip that's going to take them until all the way through next Saturday, January twenty-fifth, and it's not an easy road trip. It starts with the Houston Rockets on the eighteenth, and then just two days later, all the way in Boston. So they're basically going from LA to Houston, almost assuredly hopping on a plane after that game in Houston to go fly the length of the country up to the Northeast in Boston. So you figure that Boston game might be a little bit difficult with the way that they're traveling from Houston to Boston with having one game, having one day off in between. Then on the 22nd, they're at the Knicks, which should be an easy game. But the Knicks is sort of where all this trouble with Anthony Davis started. That's where um, they had a really great game against the Knicks. But, yeah, that's where Anthony Davis went down. Brooklyn should be should be a fun game now that Kyrie Irving is back. It should definitely be a fun game to watch. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how Kyrie responds to playing against LeBron in a Brooklyn Nets uniform. And on the 25th at Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid, will likely still be out with a torn ligament in his hand. So it'll be hard to it'll be hard to fully gauge how the how the Lakers play against that team without Joel Embiid, but they seem to match they they will probably match up well. 
And then Tuesday, January 28th, the next game against the Clippers. And every one of these games seems to be a really epic matchup. And that game being on a Tuesday, uh, I will almost assuredly record a brand new episode recapping this five-game road trip and then previewing the upcoming homestand that starts with the Clippers. So those are your next six games, five on the road, and then a biggie against the Clippers on Tuesday, January 28th. So that is the schedule coming up. If you feel like you have a good idea how those games would go, why don't you bet on them? That makes games more fun to watch. Putting a few dollars on them, place your next bet at mybookie.ag. Our online betting partner here at HoopBall is mybookie.ag. Go and sign up for a new account and use the promo code LAKERS. That's the word LAKERS. And mybookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Head there now again. That's mybookie.ag, and the promo code is the word Lakers. So all that being said, it is the middle of January. We are roughly three, maybe close to four weeks until the trading deadline of February 6th, and rumors are speculating hot and heavy. As of this recording, there's already been one trade in the NBA of Jeff Teague, to Atlanta. Atlanta supposedly is on is willing to take on bad money. They're willing to take on expiring contracts. They want to clear up a lot of space uh, to help build that young core. Pretty much anybody on their roster is available with the exception of Trey Young and I'd imagine John Collins or and even DeAndre Hunter. Um, yeah. So that's one trade that's gone down and the Lakers, never a dull team in the social media landscape, have been the subject of many a trade rumors. It's they don't have a lot of assets to move, really, other than uh, really other than Kyle Kuzma. And I'm almost of the thought that they definitely shouldn't trade Kyle Kuzma. I was ecstatic when they pulled off the trade for Anthony Davis and they kept Kyle Kuzma. Since I saw him in in summer league his rookie year, like I I knew this was a kid that could be special. And this the regression this year I don't think is is it's disappointing, but at the same time I don't think it's really fair to him because he is in a position to where all of a sudden the pressure to win is ramped up to eleven. He's got a different role that he's got to adjust to. I think he will adjust to it at some point, but he just hasn't fully grasped all of it yet, which is okay. It's okay. I think I think there are ways in which it can be improved. Like I said, I think more minutes with LeBron would help. I think that'll cause an adjustment in the minutes that LeBron plays. But anyway, I think I think it'll get worked out. But if you were to trade Kyle Kuzma, uh the reason why I don't necessarily think you should trade him is because I, it's it's hard to get value for exact value for him back. I think you're going to sacrifice one thing. Now, what Kyle Kuzma does give you is streaky shooting and length, but he's not a great team defender. And I think of all the players out there, I don't think. I don't think what you can get back is as streaky a shooter. You might get a better three-point shooter, but you might get 
just as bad as an okay, just as bad as a team defender. Or you might get a really great team defender who's not going to be great at scoring. It's, I don't, I don't know. NBA trades are hard because you can never get equal and exact value. And I guess that's their, that's their nature. But the reason why I don't think the Lakers should trade him anyway is because I believe the buyout market will be pretty strong. Take, for example, the Detroit Pistons. Now, I seem to be the only person who thinks that with the injury to Blake Griffin that will almost assuredly cost him the rest of the season, the likely trade of Andre Drummond, probably to Atlanta or maybe to Boston, uh, the Pistons are blowing it up, and I think they have an asset in Derrick Rose that they probably would prefer to trade. However, Derrick Rose is only making $7 million this year, and I think I think that makes him a prime candidate for buyout. I think, I think, I think if the Pistons... Now, of course, this probably wouldn't happen until the trade deadline, if he gets traded before or if somebody makes a great offer for him and the Pistons can't say no. That's obviously what will happen. But at $7 million, that seems to be an easy buyout for a player like Derrick Rose. And that way the Pistons don't lose. They don't have to trade an asset that they might want to keep. All they have to do is spend some cash. They spend some cash. They free up that space. They don't lose any assets. The reason why I think Derrick Rose is a prime buyout candidate. Now, Derrick Rose is available on the buyout market. You 100% go after after him if you're the Lakers. The Lakers, what they need most uh, coming off the bench is they need an efficient ball handler who could score. And Derrick Rose currently has seven consecutive games of 20 points or more. Uh, on a minutes restriction that the Pistons have been putting on putting him on, they haven't been playing him more than 24 minutes a game. He says he's healthier to play more minutes. I think if he were to accept a role in a team like the Lakers, and if he were to get 24 minutes on a championship contender, I think he'd be more than okay with that, at least for the rest of this season. Um, it'll put him in a prime position to get a really great contract this summer if he accepts a role in a championship contender plays 20, 25, maybe 28 minutes, plays extremely well, doesn't get hurt, most important thing. Um, but, yeah, it's the reason why it's – yeah, I, I think Derrick Rose is a prime buyout candidate, and if he's available in the buyout market 100%, 100%, 100%, you go after Derrick Rose. I still think Derrick Rose is a great get for the Lakers for the reasons I said above. He's efficient scorer. I think he'll be cheap. I think I do think Kyle Kuzma would be a pretty expensive overall piece and his potential to give up for one year of Derrick Rose. But I do think it would be as beneficial as everyone hopes it would be. Other other candidates for other candidates that have been rumored to be targets of trades for the Lakers. Robert Covington. Robert Covington is sort of what I talked about with what you would get if you swap out Kyle Kuzma with Robert Covington. Robert Covington's a better three-point shooter and he's a better team defender. He's not gonna He's not gonna have nights where he can give you 36 like Kyle Kuzma did. But 
overall, he's going to make the team defense stronger. He's going to make the three-point shooting better. And maybe that's what you want is for those two things to just be a little bit better and you're willing to sacrifice the potential for the amount of points that uh, that Kyle Kuzma can bring. J.J. Redick, I really wish J.J. Redick hadn't signed that expensive contract to go to New Orleans, although at the same time, if he was getting that much from the market, the Lakers wouldn't have been able to afford him. But J.J. Redick has been the subject of trade rumors for the Lakers. And for years, for years, there are two two guys that I wish would be teammates of LeBron James just because of the way that he drives and kicks out. And he got to play with one of them. And I think it turned out really well, uh, despite him being a little bit older. Kyle Korver was one of those guys. And when LeBron played with Kyle Korver, he absolutely loved it. Kyle Korver thrived playing with LeBron because he's such a great three-point shooter. And in that same vein, uh, the ultimate teammate I've always had for LeBron James in my mind has been J.J. Redick. And so I definitely don't know how or if even possible, but the rumors are out there. And if I think if the New Orleans Pelicans want to continue the coup of taking all the Lakers' young core the way <laughs> the way they did and pairing them with Zion Williamson, if, if you could somehow move Kyle Kuzma to New Orleans, complete the complete the taking of the Lakers' young core from last year, and and the Lakers get J.J. Redick back, I think that would be amazing, J.J. Redick. And despite he's up there in age, too, just like Kyle Korver was, but he brings playoff intensity. He being, brings professional attitude. He brings great three-point shooting. Uh, brings just enough team defense. I don't think he's a great team defender, but he's probably about on par with, with Kyle Kuzma. I would absolutely love to see J.J. Redick. Um, that's actually pretty much it as far as people rumored to be traded to the Lakers. As, as I said, they don't have a lot of assets, and I think because they don't have a lot of assets, I think it's worth holding on to Kyle Kuzma because I do think the buyout market will be plentiful this season uh the buyout market i think will include players like derrick rose and don't, don't hold me to that it's just what i think could happen other potential buyout players jeff green is available now andre godala could still possibly end up being on the on the buyout market um and then you know who else who else will come about on that buyout market um you know, Carmelo Anthony's been playing really well for Portland, but Portland is really not in a position to where they're contending, and so he might be a buyout candidate. You never know. Uh, he might be a buyout candidate. And the way that he's been playing, he's been playing well enough to where, yeah, if he's on the buyout market, sure, I would invest uh, what little risk it would cost to sign Carmelo Anthony if I were the Lakers, and plus it would make LeBron extremely happy. Definitely don't uh, don't listen to Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith was roasted on tw on Twitter earlier this week for saying that the Lakers should trade Kyle Kuzma for Devin Booker, and although that would be a hell of a trade, <laughs> um, it's just not realistic. And so, I'm 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 just as guilty as Stephen A. of coming up with really absolutely crazy and insane trade proposals. I have a lot of fun with the trade machine. 
uh, on ESPN. But yeah, that's you got to kind of be real on a team that's got expectations, and it's it's not to say that it's impossible. We've certainly seen crazier things happen. Uh, but Phoenix is not going to give up Devin Booker for Kyle Kuzma. Sorry. So that'll about wrap up this episode, and we'll end it the way I like to end all episodes that I record. Let's take a look at the playoff standings. So in the West, still holding on to that number one spot with a healthy five-game lead over Denver are our Los Angeles Lakers. 33-8. and eight. And with the schedule coming up, like I said, it seems as though they've got a mix of some easy and some hard games. The Lakers are in a pretty interesting position to where, on basketball reference, their SRS rating, which is their simple rating system, it's a rating that takes into account average point differential, which we went over last week, and strength of schedule, which a lot of people have clowned the Lakers on saying their schedule has been too easy. Based on this extremely simple rating system, uh, the Lakers are second uh, overall. And so, you know, based on that, basketball reference doesn't seem to think just that their schedule has been that easy. And even if it has been that easy, the Lakers have been taking care of business when they need to with their point differential, which, like I said, we went over last week. Uh, we got a couple teams with really similar records um, in the next three spots, two through four, 28 and 12, the Nuggets and the Jazz. The Jazz, starting with that really slow start, have been coming up lately. Uh, Don- Donovan Mitchell's been playing really well, and yeah, after that extremely slow start, the, the Jazz are surging. 28 and 13 in that number four spot, the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, the Clippers have had some injury issues. They've been doing the load management thing, which, you know, may or may not, uh, you know, be prudent. Uh, that remain, remains to be seen. There's um, There's been some reports of some possible chemistry issues. Kawhi and Paul George haven't practiced together very much. They haven't played together very much just because of the load management. And Paul George seems to be going through some injuries of his own. Uh, and the fifth seed, 26 and 14, are the Houston Rockets, who are probably about where I thought they would be. James, it's January, and so James Harden is on his usual January tear. Uh, he's great at January basketball, not great at playoff basketball. Dallas Mavericks at six, 26 and 15. Really happy to see that. Really happy to see Luka dominating the way he has been. Really happy to see them overachieving this way Oklahoma City as I mentioned earlier they were surging 23 and 18 in that seventh spot a lot of people had them dead in the water they seem to be okay with uh, hanging on to Chris Paul and they have an amazing piece in Shea Gildress Alexander can you imagine if Shea Gildress Alexander was still on the Clippers uh in that eighth seat really surprising the Memphis Grizzlies been playing extremely well as of late. John Morant, I loved in college. John Morant, with the injury to Zion Williamson, I said was your hands-on favorite to win Rookie of the Year. 
That seems to be the case more and more every night. I think with Zion coming back on the 22nd, I still think I still think your runaway winner for Rookie of the Year is going to be John Morant. Spurs have been playing really well lately, 17-22 in that ninth spot. Portland, talked about earlier, are really not in a position to be... They're kind of on the outside looking in. I don't see them really getting any better because they can't... They can't do a whole lot to make themselves better unless they somehow figure out a trade for Kevin Love. Uh, Phoenix at 16 and 24 in that 11 spot is probably, if I had to guess, would is underachieving a bit, especially with that really hot start um, that they had at the beginning of the season. They've cooled off as of late. Minnesota is in a tough spot in 12 at 15 and 25. They can't really seem to get any better, and so blowing that up seems to be the thing to do new orleans at 15 and 26 uh maybe this is why it's worth trading jj reddick but new orleans is in a position to where through strength of schedule they have the easiest schedule throughout the rest of the season they have the most games against teams below 500 and they've been playing really well as of late as well and so for them to go on a surge and really they're just this whole pack of teams is four games back from the playoff spot crazier things have happened uh second from the bottom are the sacramento kings who are also in with 15 wins and in that handful of spots that could have that could in theory fight for that a spot but yeah i was never a believer in sacramento a lot of people were i never was and then rounding at the bottom, Golden State. Golden State has been playing has played pretty well when Draymond plays, but still not great. Man, still not great. And over on the East, you got the Milwaukee Bucks surging, thirty six and six. They're doing so really quietly, it seems, because I guess they don't have the attention of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Giannis has been playing really well. Probably going to win an MVP again. Miami at 28 and 12 in the number two spot. Really happy to see that. Really, I don't think anybody saw Miami playing that well, especially when they're doing it with basically benching Deion Waiters for the season. As soon as they can move him, you got to imagine they will. Boston at 27 and 12. Had that hot start. Um, went through a couple uh, tough tough stretches a couple weeks ago, but now they're hovering around that third spot. It's probably what it'll end up being. Toronto, fourth at 26 and 14. Uh, probably overachieving a little bit from what people thought, although the way Pascal Siakam has been playing, maybe not much of a surprise. Indiana. Indiana has the prospect of being a scary team because they've been playing as well as they have been, and then Victor Oladipo is going to be back probably at the end of this month, and so who knows what's going to happen with Indiana. Philadelphia has been disappointing at 26-16, and 16, although it's a good record. It's The East is better this year, and so 26-16 and 16 gets you a number six seed ranking in the playoffs. Just above, now there's a lot of separation from six to seven, um, in seven, you have the Orlando Magic, fresh off that win versus our Lakers at 20 and 21. 18 and 22, you've got the Brooklyn Nets uh, hovering on that eighth spot. 
Even more separation for the nine spot. Chicago and Detroit have 15 wins apiece. Charlotte also has 15 wins. Then you've got your Washington, your Cleveland, your Knicks, and your Atlanta rounding out the bottom there. So, top of the East and the West, not, nothing's really changed. Not much of a surprise. Second in the West, not much of a surprise. I think Denver is pretty much going to stand pat there. The Clippers, I think, might end up making making a run and will end up in that three spot. And Utah will probably end up fourth. In the East, I don't think any, yeah, as mentioned, I don't think anybody saw Miami surging to number two. They started out the season really hot on defense. Their defense has fizzled as of late, as has their record. So it's hard to say if that can continue. I think it can, just because they've got some really great pieces in Bam Adebayo, in Tyler Hero, and Kendrick Nunn, and then you've got Jimmy Butler leading them. Whether or not they make a trade to break up that core remains to be seen. I certainly would have put it past Pat Riley, but I'm of the belief that they should stand Pat and uh, hold on to what they've got. Uh, Boston probably make a run and end up in that two seed. And Miami will end up three. Toronto four. And then, it, but again, it all it all lies in the mystery of Indianapolis and how. Uh, how the Indiana Pacers do once Victor Oladipo comes back. And so that'll pretty much wrap up this episode of Hoopball Lakers. We talked about the, ten, the potential 10-game winning streak that wasn't, only lost by one point. Took a look at the upcoming games. Got some injuries to deal with. Rondo also has a broken finger, but he'll be back pretty soon. But, yeah, things continue to be really well in Lakerland, and hopefully they continue. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JCDeleon1. You can follow Ethan Noroff at Ethan underscore Noroff with one F. You can follow the show at Hoopball Lakers. Uh, there's a lot of really great things happening at Hoopball, including the brand new edition of Hoopball Gaming. Follow Hoopball Gaming on Twitter at Hoopball Gaming. Uh, really great. Um, Really great advice, betting advice on a daily basis uh, from our guys over at Hoopball Gaming. So until next time, we out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.